Hey guys, welcome to the WellSaid Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm a pastoral intern at Living Word Bible Church, where I'm responsible for youth and young adult ministries. I'm also a part-time student at the Southern Seminary. Every week, I'll be sitting down with my good friend Alexi, and we are going to be talking about both the beauty and the complexity of following Jesus in a post-Christian culture. In this episode, we will continue to push forward on some of the key questions that we started talking about last time. Both believer and unbeliever alike, today we all find ourselves in a very interesting and challenging cultural moment. As the world around us shifts and changes, we as individuals inevitably change with it. As Christians, this also means that the church, to an extent, changes and evolves with the world. This change is inevitable. It's just the result of being human. We, we can't separate ourselves from the culture and the world in which we're raised. Here, lots of us young people probably would cheer excitedly, saying, yes, the church needs to change. Yes, we need to get rid of old and meaningless traditions, right? And quickly, when we think about this, we realize that this becomes a very slippery slope. What is it that needs to change? And how do we know what changes, and what stays. How do we know that as we are evolving with the times as Christians, that we aren't actually throwing out central, core Christian aspects of our faith? How do we know we're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater? These questions are very important for us, especially young people, to think about today. And unfortunately, these are questions that a lot of young people in the church are not considering closely enough. And because of that, end up deconstructing their own faith. Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. Uh, This is Andre, and I'm here with Mr. Alexi Chaika, my homie. That's right. We're back for episode three. Yep. Episode Episode three. Time flies. Week three. We're We're getting into this podcasting. I think... I, you have a lot more experience than I do with this whole recording world. For me, this is all new, so it's kind of it's kind of cool, kind of exciting, interesting. And we're kind of getting the flow of it. Um, so today, we are going to pick up right where we left off last week in our discussion of just what does it mean to be a Christian or, or how do you navigate a life of faith, uh, a life of faith in Christ in a world that is constantly... Uh, challenging us that is that is changing so much um, and we find that even church life uh, life in the church how we worship how we go to you know what we do on Sundays how we talk about Jesus is changing and that can be stressful right what do you think oh man don't get me started but see the world changes faster than I can adapt to it and I'm young by the time Instagram came out, I got used to it. Snapchat was out. I was a year late to Snapchat. Mm. By the time I got to Snapchat, I'm not even on Snapchat. People were people weren't on it anymore. I'm I'm old. I mean, I'm just I'm not. Maybe I'm just lazy. That's how fast, fast the world's changing. But this whole thing of uh, Christianity, especially with all of the pretty much screens that we have in our lives, mm-hmm. I mean, it goes from posting a Bible verse. To posting a picture, please like, please like and share, and something good will happen to you, or saying, "Hey, please pray for my grandma; she's in the hospital." Mm-hmm. It's kind of all over the place. Everywhere you can possibly think of, people are doing it. 
Yeah. But I guess the question is, is it right? Yeah. Well, it's not only technology that's changing how we, how we follow Christ, how we express our faith, right? It's not only technology, it's the whole culture around us. Like think about, uh, and I think being in youth ministry, I'm very aware of how much culture is changing because 10 years ago, America was a different place. Like, and it's just in, in a span of 10 years, five years ago, it was different. Like, so it's so crazy how the world around us is changing. And at the same time, a lot of us who grew up in, in the church, um, are finding that the way we practice our faith, the way we're, um, processing our beliefs, the way we are trying to re, how do we say, not reinterpret, but the way we're trying to own how we, how we worship Christ is, is changing from generation to generation. And that could be really overwhelming, I think. Um, so here's like, you know, like I, I think parents are, are kind of like parents of my, my generation oftentimes will get even overwhelmed. I've seen this um, as we're like starting a church and going through this whole process. Um, they are reflecting, they're looking at us and they're reflecting on the kind of Christianity they grew up in. And they're like, oh my gosh, is this even, is this even the same faith? Like, is this even Christian? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or was that Christian? And is this true Christianity? Was that false Christian? Like what's going on? And I've heard youth say stuff like, gosh, it like totally feels like my parents almost have a different faith. Yeah. It is drastically different. It is drastically different to its core. I mean, starting from the way the word is preached, (laughs) the kind of songs they're saying and in a way, kind of what we call to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the end of the sermon. What, what is the preacher bringing everyone to at mm-hmm. the very end? And it, it it is much different. If you pull out a sermon from like 30 years ago, it was, or just like some sort of a church service. I did it with the Slavic, with the Slavic ways of doing it. It's very, very different. So how do you deal with this? Like, think about this. So how do you process this? Like you come to church on Sunday and you take a step back and you're like, okay, this church, like the way we do church, um, it's really different from the kind of church that my parents grew up in. Like really different. It looks different. It sounds different. It feels different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so... Like, or And then push back further and say, what about my grandparents or my great-grandparents? Yeah. Like it's a different... It's very different. Yeah. It's changing. Yeah, actually my How do you what do you what do you do with that? <laughs> my what grandparents do you do with that tension? they planted a church in the village actually my grandparents it took them 40 years. They came they were the only Christians in the village and uh, when they were dying there was about 40 members in that church. But it was drastically <laughs> dra- I mean drastically starting from when you uh, when you sing just literally same songs every Sunday mm-hmm. with no music at all you just sing them. Be, and the thing is, you sing them because that's that's your faith. That's what you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. But when I look at all of those, so to speak, three phases of where I'm at, where my parents were, my grandparents were, there is the there is this one thing that stayed constant throughout. Mm-hmm. The word of God was preached mm-hmm. in every single one of those areas, and that's why I'm in our church. Mm-hmm. Because that's what was important for me. The word of God has to be preached without um, some sort of, um, how would you say it, philosophy added into it or 
I mean, Joel, Joel is teen, for example. You know, th- that's what I'm talking about. Like when the word of God is read and preached and explained to the depth and the core of what it actually says to mm-hmm. me today. Yeah, I was. I, so I read this book last week, last month. Really cool book. <clears throat> if you guys are looking for a book that addresses the question of church worship, <clears throat> I really recommend Mike Cosper's book, Rhythms of Grace. Little book, very encouraging, inspiring. It'll feed your soul and it'll just make you think about these questions. He recounts a situation where he's he's he was a worship pastor at a new church plant that was really successful, grew a lot in the first ten years, and he said, you know, ten years in, I here I am up. I was up in the back doing sound and all this stuff, like making sure things are going good, watching the church service from below. You know, and you got this worship band, you got these lights, you, you know, you got this whole, the whole thing. And he says, how did we get here? Like, how did we get here? Like, back up. Okay, push aside parents or grandparents, right? Push back further. Push back a hundred years. Push back a thousand years. Push back <laughs> two thousand years Yeah. to the early church. And... And he says, like, this this looks nothing. This looks nothing like um, worship that happened in the New Testament in the early church. Like, how, what, what's going on? How did we get here? And where are we going? How is this process happening, you know? So you, like, I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. But, like, if you reflect on this, like, this is a challenge. This is a tension. This is a an odd but challenging question. What do you do with it? Like, do, doesn't it look like basically Christianity is evolving? Like the church is just evolving and the church today is like really different than yeah. the church of 1500 years ago or 2000 years ago. I think the first step is we got a fire of Vlad. Got a fire of Vlad. Vlad is our worship, uh, worship uh, sort of pastor, You know, leader. Vlad actually, to his credit, he is pushing a lot of old yeah. hymns, old Russian songs that we're trying to sing more of. So there's a good mix there. So he's yeah. not just... No, he's doing forward, good. He's doing know? good. I'm, I'm kidding. But... Uh, like on the spot, what, what do you do with this tension? Like, hmm, are we the church that <laughs> Jesus envisioned? You know, so what what I used to do with it is I used to just imagine if Christ was to come now and was to be born and to walk on the streets, what what would he look like? And yeah. if he were to die in 33 years, in that culture, what would apostles do? That, that's that's kind of like, that's what where I'm coming from. Where, you, where are you how, coming can from? Can you even ask that? Can you even answer that question? Like, what would Jesus look like today? I have no I idea. Think, I think I have no idea apostles would, would like put today. together a, a church like ours. That's what I think they would do. <laughs> Boom. That's, you know, that's a very Baptist answer. Really? You know? Yeah. Because, hey. you know, there's, there's this joke, right? So, <laughs> so, right. You have Apostle Paul, right? And he's like answering questions to like pastors, right? So he's got like a, Pentecostal pastor who comes and he comes to talk to Apostle Paul and and he's like, you know, talks to him and he comes out of the room thinking, wow, thank you, Apostle Paul. You really straightened me out. You helped me. Then he has like, you know, a whatever, a Presbyterian pastor come and sees him and um, 
and and then he walks out saying, "Man, Apostle Paul, thank you. you you're so right. You helped me see some things differently." You know, Baptist Russian Baptist pastor <laughs> goes in to talk to Apostle Paul. He comes out. Apostle Paul saying, "But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is how it's supposed to be." So like you know, the Russian, especially Russian Baptist in us, wants to say this. This is this is the way it is. This is where it's at. This is where it's yeah. at. But is it? It's a good. It's a very good question. <laughs> Um, I'm putting you on the spot. I think it's very challenging because I got to say, it's very challenging to just say, well, A, B, and C. I think this is on point. But we can't run away from culture. No matter how much you want, whatever was happening a thousand years ago, a hundred years ago, 30 years ago, you can't take it and say it's applicable now. Mm -hmm. It was applicable at that moment in time, that year, with that president, with those current news with the way people grew up at that moment. Right now, we're not growing up with the same background that people grew up 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the culture is, I'll give you that. The, we can't run away from culture. Yep. Culture has to be a part of how things are. We yep. can't ignore it and say, well, the faith of our fathers is culture of our fathers. Right. That's a good point. So, yes. So we're going in the right direction here. I think the the simple observation that we want to, and as this is personal for us, you know, we're navigating this. And you know what's even more overwhelming is to to look back and say, wow, Christianity has changed so much. What about my kids? What about the future? What does it look like? Where is it going? Right? So you can drown in these questions. You really can. If you don't know the basic foundational truths. And I think the simple truth that you're just actually hitting at right now is this. There are certain aspects of Christianity, of, of the, the life of being a follower of Jesus Christ, certain aspects of this life are unchanging. Certain facts about being a Christian, they remain the same throughout the ages. And certain components, certain outer expressions of how you live as a Jesus follower are constantly changing with the culture because we are, we are, we're communicating the message of Jesus to the world in which we live, not to the world of a thousand years ago or a hundred years ago. The interesting thing about Christianity, Christianity is a religion that has gone through the whole world, is going through the whole world, and it does not make people um, adhere to one kind of cultural expression wherever it goes. So African people, when they accept Jesus, they don't become... European white people. They don't have to wear a suit and tie. Sure, they should put some clothes on um, if they weren't before. There's certain basic elements that are universal, but there's also a lot that it it, it stays. The culture stays. Um, The expressions of human artistic creativity, they stay. So not everything changes and not everything stays the same. The big challenge is how do you know what stays the same and what changes? So, putting you on the spot again. You're in the hot seat today. <laughs> Million dollar question, huh? Uh, man, the scripture can't change. The words that are written in the Bible, they can't change. But at the same time, when we're reading it, man, I don't know. That's it's The question is so big, I don't even know where to start. And I think, well, I, to bounce off that thought, I think, because we are often kind of overwhelmed by these questions as young people, certain people in the world around us will will use the opportunity and come alongside and say, hey, look, 
Christianity is always evolving. It's always changing. So get with the program. Look at the culture. Get changing with it. And if you really don't know what you believe, you're going to get changing with it. And you're, you're going to change things that you shouldn't change, you know? Yeah. So this is really, this is really the, the question of our age. This is the question of every age, really. Because if you look back through all of church history, culture is always evolving. And the way that Christians have sang songs or played music or the buildings that Christians have gathered in, the kind of format that they've had for their worship services. These things have always changed. That's a simple fact. Just as the culture around us has always changed. It's nothing new. But today, we're living in a time where that change has accelerated at a... It's on steroids. I mean, it's crazy how fast the world is shifting. And to the Christian, this is the great challenge. Because as the world is shifting, you are pressed down into the same questions. Okay, well, what do I actually believe? What doesn't change and what's what does? Yeah. Man, that's... See, I never thought about it that way, that with the change, you have to understand what's supposed to change and what's not supposed to change. It's never... In my life, I've never heard a sermon that addressed that. That's a good point. It's always been about Christianity is not supposed to change. It's never been about there are things that do change mm-hmm. and evolve, and then there are things that don't. Right. Because, you know, that, that Baptist, the Baptist, <laughs> and we're picking at Russian Baptists here, guys. We don't, like, we, we are Russian Baptists. So yeah. We, we, we love our We're picking at ourselves. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Russian Baptist preacher, that'll tell you, you know, that the world is the devil and don't you, don't, don't, don't believe, don't change anything. You know, the funny thing, he's probably wearing a suit and a tie, something that the Apostle Paul never wore. Yeah. <laughs> and he's singing in a choir, something that the Apostle Paul never sang in. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, a good one. That's a good yeah, one. yeah. So, um, that's really the, that's where really where it's at. And I think, um, in order to, the first step for us in, in our life of following Christ in a rapidly evolving culture is to really just to understand this simple fact. The culture is changing. The church is changing. And there are certain things that we must be changing, certain things that we can never change. And the problem there is, you know, as you, you say, we haven't heard sermons on this. And, and this is why, this is why a lot of young people today, I see this in, 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 in the church, especially I think as Russian Christians, Russian young people are embracing a more westernized, Americanized Christianity they're jumping full, full, uh, you know, how do you, what's the phrase? They, they're, they're diving in headlong into this process of getting with the times and mm-hmm. getting a modern, cool, hip church. And th- we jump into the process of transformation and we jump into the process of we're the brave young ones who are reforming the church and yet we have never stopped to ask the question, what is it that we are trying to reform? Yeah. What is it that we're trying to change? That's something we touched on last time. And now that rings a big bell because we have this whole generation of people that are rushing, knowing that something's got to change. But instead, you're running from one extreme to where you're not changing anything to a different extreme yeah. to yeah. you change everything. And then eventually, like we said last time on our previous podcast, 
you are not satisfied right in the very end yeah yeah and i think it, like just from a theological standpoint this is in a history of church this is when um heresy has entered the church many times when young passionate ambitious people trying to make a more authentic faith a, a more real church environment are actually j- diving in much more quickly than they even know and they start selling important pieces of the gospel itself and at the end of the day what you're left with is lots of lights and smoke and guitars and music and actually very little Jesus and substance that's actually what you've seen in the last 40 50 years in Christianity in America yeah and it usually fulfills you for the time being of probably under a week actually noticed it myself when you come to church just any church it'll uplift you a little the singing and the fellowship but it'll last it'll wear out real quick mm-hmm. it'll wear out because there's it, it's emotions based yeah uh, completely emotions based but when there is the substance that's unchanging mm-hmm. the word of god i'm sure we'll probably touch on that a little more down the road that's what really starts fulfilling us mm-hmm and lasts for more than a week. Yeah, yeah. Think and think about this. So, think about the early church, like crazy cultural context. Like in oh. Israel, they're Jews. They're preaching to Jewish people, and just outside Israel, everywhere else, they're preaching to Greeks and Greek philosophy and mythology and pl- multicultural, multi-religious crazy rainbow world of i mean if we think that today's world has a lot of different (laughs) beliefs they had it too it wasn't that different you know what i'm saying yeah and jesus said to peter peter you know peter confesses him you are the christ the son of the living god and peter and jesus says on this rock i will build my church i will build my church you know so jesus makes this affirmation you know jude uh when he writes he says um I love the text in Jude. He says, Beloved, verse 3, Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Now, and he's talking again in a very crazy, challenging cultural context. And he's saying, I'm writing to you in an urgency. And I'm writing to you to encourage you to stand firm for the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. So I think as we're, as we are going through the process of examining what it means to follow Christ today, as we are watching the church and everything that's going on around us, we have to keep this, even though it feels so, it's sometimes so hard to believe that Christ is still in control. Even though the church oftentimes seems like such a mess, even though Western Christianity is like, a crazy buffet of religion and like just total confusion. Jesus said, I will build my church and there is one faith once for all delivered to the saints. And he is building that faith and he is building that church. And, and, and you have to understand that faith is still in existence. The faith once for all delivered to the saints, true Christians still hold to the faith once we're all delivered to the saints, even though maybe they play a very different kind of guitar music when they worship on <laughs> on, uh, on Sunday. They dress very differently, maybe. Maybe their churches are not in cathedrals or in houses in Jerusalem. Maybe their churches are in, th- in a theater or a downtown uh, 
like a warehouse or a normal nice church building, right? Through all those things, there is, throughout all 2,000 years, there is still a commonality. There is still one faith. See, this is where I want to ask you a question, and that's that was the first thing that came to my mind. I understand that, but it is so hard for me even to personally comprehend what stands behind the word faith when yeah. you're using the word faith. The faith. Yeah, the, the faith. The content. Yeah, yes. what, is it that you, what is it that you're talking about when you're saying faith? Yeah, so I think that's that's the essential next step. We have to... If you're going to survive as a believer in this rapidly shaping your culture, you must nail down what what is it that you believe in and what is it that is the content of that faith. So I think there's two ways I'd answer that question. First of all, you must know the message of the Bible. Do you understand the message of creation, fall, redemption, restoration? The whole Bible has one unified message in it. It is a message of God creating, of us falling away from him and a desire to be away from him and on our own. It's a message of God redeeming us in our sinful state and a message of God restoring all things back to his lordship. That is the story. Do you understand that message? And also, I think with it, the church, the life of the church still has certain aspects of uh, components of church life that even though you look at your grandpa and you're like, gosh, he is so different. Like, you know, he, he just like the way he does church, the way he like, it's so different. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet look at him and, and see this, the reading of scripture, prayer, worship on the Lord's day on Sunday, church fellowship, the Lord's supper, baptism, the proclamation of Jesus and his salvation. These things have not changed. No matter how different your grandpa is, no matter yeah. how different he sings, and no matter how different, you know, he thinks the sermon should sound, there is still a core, a reality, and a core expression of the faith, I would say, that hasn't, that does not change with culture. Yeah. That concept, concept still remains throughout the generation to generation to generation. It's the, what are we reading? We used to read the scrolls. Right mm-hmm. now, we got a book, and at this point, some of us got an iPad to read right. the Bible. The, so the the tools change, but the concept that remains all throughout the generation that is a, so that that answers my question. But you had the second point you were mentioning. Well, I think so. That the two sides to it. It's that the content of the gospel message, creation, fall, redemption, mm-hmm. restoration, and the content of of church life expression, those things that I just listed. Yeah. Those things are unchanging throughout 2,000 years. Christians did them 2,000 years ago. You know, maybe the type of uh, grape juice or wine that they use is different. Maybe the type of bread they use is different. But it's the same thing. We read uh, the the passage in Corinthians. We talk about proclaiming the Lord's Supper, proclaiming the Lord's death in our, um, in our, you know, for for the sake of our sins and our salvation in Him and the mission that He calls us to in the world. So it's all the same thing still. Now, the important thing is this, then, you realize. Not everybody who is changing in their church, not every church, not every Christian who is quote-unquote growing or developing or rediscovering their faith is actually rediscovering it in the proper ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody who has a new and edgy approach to the Christian life is actually doing the right thing. 
Also, not everybody <laughs> who is holding to the old stuff, old traditions, is actually holding to the right old traditions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because you're changing something doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. Oh, I can think of so many Just traditions. because you're keeping hold of traditions <laughs> doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. You know? Yeah. You can fall into both ditches. Man, this is... It's a. It's nice for me to hear this, and I'm able to visually imagine what is it that we're actually talking about. To where the culture, the world, the Christianity, where does that fall in, and what is faith really? Mm-hmm. What is it that we're actually supposed to hold on to? What does not change? Yeah, and what's allowed, so to speak, allowed to change? But then, if you, if we're gonna, so on one hand we have faith. On another hand, what do we have? Do we have these? Just pretty much hundreds, probably thousands of rituals that Christians keep uh, holding on to. What do you do with them? Uh, It's probably a topic for another podcast. But I think (laughs) in the short answer, the things that I listed earlier, um, which is the reading of Scripture, prayer, worship on the Lord's Day, uh, church fellowship, the fellowship of the saints, um, the Lord's Lord's Supper, baptism, and the proclamation of the gospel— those, that is the furniture of, so to speak, the way of life of Christianity, and it hasn't changed in 2,000 yeah. years. It's the same. It's the same content. It's the same Jesus. It's the same resurrection. It's the same atonement by his blood for our sins forever. It's the same message. So, you know, when you, when we as Christians, we have to look ahead and say, you know, what am I trying to do? Like what, what, you know, a lot of young people today are really dissatisfied with the church and they're like, oh yeah, I just want a more, I want a more authentic church. I want to be in a place with better this and better that. Ask yourself, what do you want actually? And, and, and are you putting yourself in danger by trying to erase everything and trying to get this, this, this emotional experience when you actually maybe don't even know exactly what do you believe, you know? Yeah. So in this process of change, we have to clearly clearly for ourselves define what is the gospel what do i believe what does the bible teach if you don't have clear definitions to those answers if you don't have clear answers to those questions on the basis of the text of scripture all the way down to the bottom you will slide you will slip you will be wandering because there's a lot of ideas in this world. There's a lot of different expressions of faith and worship and spirituality. You will be swept away. Yeah. You know? Hey, and man, on this subject, how... Because I kind of have my own story when it comes exactly to what we just talked about. Uh, just trying to understand what is that you really believe in rather than just trying to look for something, so to speak, authentic. Man, I've gone full circle on that full on circle just trying to grasp what is it what is going on Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm I'm excited to talk about it on the next episode yeah and i think just for people who are like okay well this is really interesting i need more um i would point you to two books two very basic books um greg gilbert uh what is the gospel we'll have a link to this in our in the itunes um uh page on this episode and also kevin de young what is the mission of the church Awesome books, very clear, simple outline of these things. And now now I would challenge you, read these books, not from a perspective of, well, I already know this stuff. I grew up in the church. Obviously, we grew up in the church and a lot of this stuff we we don't know. We don't know how to filter what is true gospel content and what is just tradition and opinion. 
So read with that challenging mindset. And also, I would just challenge young people today, open your Bibles, read it more carefully. Go and read the Gospel of John. Go and read the Epistle to the Romans, to the Ephesians, and ask yourself, what is the Gospel? What is the Gospel? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? I think this is the tendency I'm seeing among people today, young people. It's really encouraging. It's really inspiring to see uh, that a lot of young people are running into the text and saying, I need the answer that goes right to the very bottom, to the very core. Yeah. Because uh, that's the only way we're going to stand. Yep. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of sliding going on. All right. Thank you for listening. Let us know what you think. Send your ideas, questions, concerns through the contact tab at well-said.org. Or uh, message us and like us on Facebook at Well Said Words. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in with us for three episodes. Uh, if you found this helpful or interesting, let us know. We want to hear. Share it with a friend. And please leave us a rating on iTunes if you have a moment because that's actually pretty big on the biggest ways you can support us right now. And just to keep those conversations going. Yep. This is the Well Said Podcast. There you go. All right, you guys. Have a wonderful day. See you next week.